0: everyone, and welcome to the special bonus episode of Data Brunch with ICPSR. If you love data, this is going to be food for thought. I'm Dory, And I'm
1: Anna. And we are already at work on season two. The season is going to start in fall 2021, and we have episodes lined up on topics like ethical use of data in the news, and people, uh, data about social inequality across generations and civic engagement and activism among young people and all kinds of more. Is it my turn? (laughs) 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 All right. (laughs) I forget Anna likes to ad-lib, so I'm like, where do I start? (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you in the fall. You gotta introduce
0: the episode, Dory.
1: Wait, I thought I did!
0: Oh, wait, I'm reading the wrong stuff. Okay. I'm dying over here. What in the world? Hang on here. I'm, like, reading episode two.
1: Do you want to start over? I was in the wrong spot. I was gonna. <laughs> well, I guess we have the we have the end
0: recorded, right?
1: Wait. We already have a blooper, and we haven't oh. even started the season. <laughs> okay, sorry, y'all. I had to scroll. I
0: had to scroll up. Please enjoy this pre-recorded interview with Dr. Margaret Gatz, who chats with the National Archive of Computerized Data on Aging's Catherine Lavender about Dr. Gatz's research on twins.
1: Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you in the fall. Welcome, everyone. I'm Katherine Lavender, the Data Project Manager for NACTA, and this is our NACTA Data on Aging podcast series. NACTA is the National Archive of Computerized Data on Aging at ICPSR at the University of Michigan and is funded by the National Institute on Aging. NACTA's mission is to advance research on aging by helping researchers to share and discover a broad range of data sets for secondary analysis. NACTA acquires and preserves data relevant to gerontological research, kind of like a data library, curating the data as needed to promote effective research use and disseminates the data to the research community free of charge. By preserving and making available the largest library of electronic data on aging in the United States, NACTA offers opportunities for secondary analysis on major issues of scientific and policy relevance. The focus of this podcast series is to connect with the gerontological research community. We will highlight data resources, researchers, and principal investigators in order to talk through data concerns as well as learn the stories behind these projects. Today our guest is Dr. Margaret Gatz, professor of psychology, gerontology, and preventive medicine at the University of Southern California, Leonard Davis. She's also on our steering committee and is the PI of the study of dementia in Swedish twins and the National Academy of Sciences, National Research Council, Council Twin Registry, also known as the NAS NRC. So thank you for joining us today. And we're gonna jump into our interview questions. Um,
0: well, thank Do you, you for inviting me? me.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. It's great to have you. And uh, and we look forward to talking about these data. And um, I think it would be good to start with uh, letting the, the data user community know, how would you encourage people to use the Twin Studies data?
0: So Twin Studies have some unique features, and let me start at the very, very beginning of some of those unique features. There are two kinds of twins. There are identical twins or monozygotic, I will refer to as MZ, and there's fraternal twins or dizygotic, I'll refer to as DZ. So identical twins basically share their genetic makeup and dizygotic twins are as similar genetically as any two siblings, but were born at the same time. And of course, there are both same-sex and opposite-sex dizygotic twins. And twins in this way give us an opportunity to ask research questions that cannot otherwise be addressed because they constitute a genetically informative sample. So in particular, looking at dizygotic pairs and monozygotic pairs lets you estimate the role of genetic influences. The kind of designs we use, uh, mostly we look at pairs where one twin has a disease and ask whether the other twin does or not does not have the same disease and if the MZ pairs are more similar than the DZ pairs, it suggests there's a genetic component to risk for the disease. With traits other than diseases, the approach is more complex analytically and involves looking at correlations between twins in an MZ pair and between twins in a DZ pair and comparing those correlations to each other. The other thing we do is look at pairs where one twin has the disease, the other twin does not have a disease. And we ask the question, what risk factors might the twin who has a disease have been exposed to? Or what protective factors might the twin who is spared from the disease have been exposed to? And And particularly using MZ pairs, that lets us, learn something about exposures and experiences controlling for genetics. For example, in a twin pair who's discordant for cancer, did the twin who developed the cancer smoke more than the twin who did not develop the cancer? So these are unique things that can be done with a twin study. But I also want to emphasize that twin studies are like any other longitudinal study, so they also are a rich resource for combining with other longitudinal studies and looking at the twins just like any other individuals who've been followed for a long period of time, and we can relate earlier to later life experiences.
1: I think that's a great point about it being having unique twin, um, you know, it's a rich unique twin data resource, but it's also a longitudinal data resource, just like any other longitudinal data resource.
0: Yes. And we use it, we use the twin studies in both of those ways.
1: Interesting. Have you, um, and this is just kind of a question that spun from from some of what you were saying, um, have you seen any uh, publications from other researchers using these data that you thought were um, particularly interesting uh,
0: secondary analysis? Uh, with respect to who else has been using data from the uh, twin registries at NACTA? Researchers at Penn have done some lovely work with education in the NASNRC Twin Registry. They compared MZ twins where one member of the pair had more years of education than the other twin. This is a design that can look at the effects of education on later outcomes, ruling out any contribution from genetic endowment on those outcomes. Usually longitudinal studies show that a higher education is associated with better health outcomes. However, within the MZ pairs who differed on education, there was little difference in health outcomes. Uh, This indicates that the effects of education on health are not causal. And it's a good example of where having a genetically informed sample of twins gives answers that would not otherwise be possible. There are um, interesting follow up questions about why a pair of twins might differ in education, including whether one member of the pair had experiences such as a childhood illness that prevented getting as much education as the other twin did. Researchers in the Netherlands have used the NAS-NRC Twin Registry to ask whether genetic influences on blood pressure varied by whether the twin was obese. They found that the same genetic pathways likely explain the association between obesity and blood pressure. There are other studies underway about Parkinson's, about macular degeneration and other conditions.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So um, since we're talking about, you know, different uh, data topics or, or focuses, um, can you talk a little bit about um, the study of dementia and Swedish twins and the NAS NRC Twin Registry, and uh, how much um, they can be used with other studies, um, if if they can be used with other studies, and uh, if they should be used together or not at all.
0: So, so let me give you a little of the story of the NAS NRC Twin Registry first. Mm-hmm. So, it, this is very unique resource. Uh, In, just before 1960, the National Academy of Sciences um, Institute of Medicine had the idea of launching an epidemiologic study to learn about health that was comprised of veterans, where both twins had been veterans, and most of them had served in World War II. And they, cont- and they created this national database. They contacted uh, all the states to get copies of, of birth certificates to find twins and matched it up with military records to find twin pairs where both had been in the service. So this was like this massive, massive undertaking. And they ended up identifying nearly 16,000 twin pairs. In this case, all white men. They contacted these guys then with a survey when they were aged sort of 40 to mid 50s and did an epidemiologic survey. But they also went back and got all the military records including copies of their induction records that included things like the guy's height and weight and any interesting physical features. And they have that for everybody, all 16,000, and then uh, somewhere over half of them answered the first questionnaire, and then they continued to send questionnaires. So there's epidemiologic questionnaires up through when the guys were about 80. So this is just a fascinating database because this is a record of the greatest generation. And the kinds of questions they asked encompassed all sorts of health surveys, like every wave has height, weight, marital status, alcohol use, smoking. And then they asked a lot of things about um, education and occupation at various waves. They added other things like um, depression scale, uh, sleep, um, cancer history. They also matched with VA medical records. So there's diagnoses of what diseases uh, the men had at, at, over the various years that this data collection continued. So we updated uh, date of death through 2012. And then this is what's been deposited with NACTA. So this is just rich for people. Uh, In particular, uh, folks have looked at various health conditions. Uh, There's people working now with heart disease. People have looked at smoking and alcohol use and again, using the twin design, but also there's this, this just sort of interesting ability to link between somebody's service record and how they were doing it at, in their 70s. Oh, that's there's
1: really been spin-off
0: studies from this too. So uh, data collection specific to heart and getting more detail. Has has been conducted th- through funding from NHLBI. And there's the other spin-off is known as the Duke twins study. And it has followed up on assessing cognitive functioning and dementia.
1: Right. So there's it's like a mixed method approach, and there's also interdisciplinary value with these data as far as. You know, using them um, as they are, but also linkages with other um, data sets um, longitudinally or, or just based on a specific health focus or whatnot. That's really great.
0: So, I'm um- you, you also wanted um, some mention and description of the study of dementia in Swedish twins. So another interesting history that goes way back: the Swedish Twin Registry was started uh, around the same time, actually just a little bit before um, the NAS NRC study, and. For those purposes, again, birth records were secured to find all the twin pairs who had been born in all of Sweden, and they were contacted then. Initially, uh, there was a huge interest in smoking and whether it, in twin pairs where one developed a disease such as cancer, there was or was, was not more exposure to smoking or tobacco. Then, in uh, in around 1980, Gerald McLaren noted that, actually he figured it out before this, but he noted that a number of these twins had been reared separately. So this is a special quirk of a twin design that combines twin and adoption. So he got funding and started the Swedish Adoption Twin Study of Aging that then was subsequently directed by my colleague, Nancy Pedersen. And that first survey went out in 1984 of all twins who were reared separately. And then a a sample was matched by where they were born, when they were born, and sex, who were reared together. The study of dementia in Swedish twins, then, is an attempt to identify all cases of dementia within SATSA. So SATSA, the Swedish Adoption Twin Study of Aging, started in 1984 and continued until quite recently, just finish the 10th in-person assessment with them. The dementia study then screened people for dementia, uh, starting just a few years after the first SATSA data collection and continuing all the way along. And in, in the NACTA data that are available for the study of dementia in Swedish twins, We have data from every cognitive screening that were done with the twins, the data from clinical workups in order to identify who was assigned a dementia diagnosis, those diagnoses, and data on exposures that might be relevant to who has higher or lower risk of becoming demented. So that co-twin control approach can be applied, for example, Does the twin with more education have some protection against becoming demented? Does the twin who had more physical exercise have more protection against becoming demented? The data can also be linked with the Swedish adoption twin study of aging data, which are also at NACTA, to gain access to even more possible variables. For example, personality variables that might be relevant to dementia risk.
1: Thank you, that's really helpful. And just for reference, the uh, National Academy of Sciences, National Research Council Twin Registry, NASNRC, that's study 36234. The study of dementia in Swedish twins is study 25963. And the Swedish Adoption Twin Study on Aging, also known as SATSA, is study 3843 for anybody listening who wants to take a look at those data sets available through our site. So now, I think-
0: You also ask about combining data sets. Mm-hmm. And so another data set that's available at NACTA is mm-hmm. MIDAS, midlife in the United States. And MIDAS has a subsample of twins. So the other th- The other um, possible way to combine data for to have more twins for a twin design is to draw on some of the MIDAS data. And, And we have started actually mapping what variables are in common across all these different twin studies of aging. And so, for example, it's quite possible for somebody who is interested in depressive symptoms to draw on all the studies I've mentioned.
1: That's great to know. And we do have uh, all of the MIDAS studies in our MIDAS series. And yeah, you're, you're right. There are um, twin data sets as part of that series. And I think that that's really helpful. OK, so um, this, is, this is the last question that we had planned. Um, just to kind of wrap up our talking about these twin data um, the studies the two studies that we've been focusing on um, mostly the study of dementia and swedish twins um, and the nas nrc twin registry they each have several data sets uh, and you know for people who are new to using these data um, could you talk a little bit about which data sets within these studies you think per you think work particularly well together, or just kind of any advice you would give on um, navigating all these data uh, for these studies?
0: Yes, I. it can be pretty overwhelming to jump into a new data set. And so when we put these at NACTA, we tried as hard as we could to write a user guide that would be pretty thorough and pretty easy for someone to read. So the first thing I would do is to read the user guide and what it tries to do is describe the design of the study, the waves of data collection, uh, how to think about the samples, all the variables that are available. So the user guide really does try to tell you everything. Then each study has an administrative data set. I think it's usually the first data set that you would download. And how we've structured it is the administrative data set has in it everybody who would have been invited to be in the study, information about when they participated, all the basic demographic information, so that admin administrative data set would be what you would want to merge any other data set with. So it's the, it's the backbone of the study. This is who's in it. And it, it's pretty well documented also, so to explain participation codes, etc. cetera. Then in, in each of the studies then, each questionnaire became its own data set. And the, the user guide will describe each questionnaire. So then you would pick the questionnaires based on you, you know, what you wanna know, obviously. But some, sometimes you would want to follow a single variable that would appear over and over again. So that in, if you were interested in body mass index, in the NAS-NRC twin registry, it would be in the induction data. It would be in the first epidemiologic questionnaire, the second epidemiologic questionnaire, and the third epidemiologic questionnaire. So you would want all of those. And there will be other variables that are, are only in there once. In the study of dementia, Swedish twins, also we have separate data sets for the de- clinical workups and separate data sets for exposures that might be these kind of factors that would increase or decrease risk of becoming demented. And then, in the case of the study of dementia, Swedish twins, we also have questionnaires who were to informants, as well as questionnaires, who were to the twins themselves. Again, hopefully it's really well labeled. And the user guide will answer most questions in in terms of directing you to what you would want.
1: Thank you so much. I think that that's really helpful. And that's, you know, I've been working with ICPSR for several years now and I handle I help to handle um, secondary data user requests and uh, most of the time what I have to do is refer them to specific documentation and so I think that um, you know letting people know the importance of the user guide that it's very intentionally put together so that people um, have help understanding the data and how that it how it's set up and I think that that consistency that you mentioned um, for some variables across data sets is also a really good point. Um, so, so thank you so much. Um, this wraps up our questions about these data, and uh, it's been so great to have you talk with us about this. Um, and, you know, we plan to share this with the gerontological research community. And uh, we look forward to seeing what new what new research comes out of out of the twin studies that you've that you've created and, and shared and thank you for sharing them. It's um it's they're just wonderful resources.
0: And so when we invite people to participate in research and we do informed consent, we're telling them that. They're making a contribution to helping other people's lives. And I, f- I feel real strongly about making data available that we owe it to the people who put in their time participating. So I think the fact that NACTA makes these data available more broadly is exactly what the people who participate in the research would hope would happen.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, we, we love sharing data. We love being uh, a resource you know, to the research community. And, uh, and we're more than happy to have these data collections with us so that we can get them out there to people. And, um, and yeah, I, I encourage uh, data users to check out these collections. And read through the documentation and look through the related publications and just you know find out as much as you can uh, and, and use them.
0: Yeah.
1: Are there any other uh, you know data resources that you wanted to point to before we end today?
0: For people interested in twin research, um, the journal twin research in human genetics puts out lists of all twin studies with brief descriptions of them on a periodic basis. So there's articles describing the twin resources that are at NACTA, but also other twin studies that could be available to people who are interested in pursuing twin studies. And those articles also are a good resource for learning about it. data set because, again, they're an effort to try to describe exactly what's there and what kind of findings might be possible from each of the data sets.
1: Thank you. I think that's really valuable. All right, so uh, I don't think that we have any other questions and it's been a pleasure to talk with you today and thank you so much. and yeah, uh, we look forward to acquiring more data as it becomes available. And, uh, and hopefully that's you know twin related research and publications from our research community. And uh, I'm definitely gonna look into those newer waves of SATSA that you mentioned.
0: Okay, hey, well, th- thank, thank you for inviting me to do this.
1: Thank you so much to our guest and to our listeners for joining us on this podcast. You can find links to studies we referenced by viewing the description and content below. If you have questions or ideas, please email us at icpsr-nacda at